Well, we're ready for the word and uh, thank you again for joining us today. We've got a brand new uh, little set design here. Thanks, shout out to Joe Repo. I'm sure she's not happy about that, uh, that I've mentioned her name, but she's been great in donating us a bunch of gear to be able to use here to create Vineyard Live. So I'm so grateful for her help and assistance this week. Uh, I want to continue um, our series, Thinking for a Change. And uh, last week we talked about the importance of our thinking. Uh, and so in continuing that, uh, that series, I believe what God is looking for in all of us is that we would embrace change. And perhaps we call it maturity, moving more towards how God wants us to be in life. But you see, we've got to realize maturity is about change. Uh, we're not going to mature if we're not going to embrace um, change. Uh, so every one of us wants to mature in life because we want to, you know, get better at our jobs, get better in our workplaces, uh, whatever we put our hand to, we want to gain greater wisdom in life. And that all comes with maturity. But in order for us to change, we've got to recognize that change is a process. It's not an event. So it's not something that happens instantly. We can certainly accept Jesus instantly, but I believe that as we move towards maturity, it's a process daily of ongoing activity that moves us towards where God wants us uh, to be, and that is that place of maturity. Uh, it's a process of change that I want us to discuss in this series. More than ever, we need to embrace change. Look at the world right now, the pandemic, the chaos, and church buildings are closed, but the church most certainly is open uh, and you're part of it today. So thank you again for tuning in. Uh, but we've got to understand that uh, we need to embrace change. Otherwise, we'll be stuck in our old habits and our old ways. It's the process of change that I want to help all of us with in this new series. Uh, I believe that the process of change begins with our thinking. And so if we can address our thoughts, that will impact our heart. It will impact our actions and it will impact our life. Uh, Proverbs 23 verse 7 uh, says, thinking for a change, <laughs> for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Uh, and we looked at that scripture last week. Remember this, you'll never change your life until you change the way you think. So I want to encourage every person under the sound of my voice watching this live stream today or watching the replay, however you're seeing this or hearing this, embrace change. Because if you want to advance in life, You've got to embrace change and mature and become all that God's called you to be. Proverbs 23 verse 7, we've looked at that. Just a few other scriptures uh, to set up what I want to talk about today. And one is Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Embracing change, renewing of the mind is required to be able to become more mature and more Christ-like in all that we do. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Today I want to talk to you about the battlefield of the mind. And there is a battle going on in everybody's mind, even right now, 
as you're under the sound of this teaching. There's a battle going on. There's things going on. There's questions. There's challenges. There's, there's um, ungodly thoughts. There's things happening in our minds daily. And it's a battle. And that's what I want to address today. Because if we're going to change our thinking, we've got to win the battle of the mind. So today I want to talk to you about four things uh, very quickly that we've got to realize as we go into this battle of the mind. And the first one is this. You must realize you are in a war. You are absolutely in a war every single day when it comes to the battlefield of the mind. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. We do not war according to the flesh. The battle is in our mind. This is real life, folks. We live in a very real world. We walk in the flesh. Is actually referencing the fact that we are living in a real world. We all are. Believers, unbelievers, we're all in the same world. We live here. As a Christ follower, you have to live in this world. And you have to live in this world like everybody else, because this is the world. Now, we can't move to another planet or, or make a world that, that we want to dwell in in this life. Uh, we have to live in this world. We don't get special treatment just because we're born again. Uh, it'd be nice to have a perfect life and a perfect world when we give our lives to Jesus, but that's not how it works, my friend. Uh, we all live in the same world and we don't get that special treatment. Here's the point. Becoming a Christ follower does not change the world you live in, but it changes the way you live in it. Let me say it again. Becoming a Christ follower does not change the world in which you live. It's the same world, but it changes the way that you live. This is a real unseen war, this battle of the mind. It's not an outward battle, but it's an inside reality. It's going on inside, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. We can ignore it. We can embrace it. We can take it full force. Uh, there's a battle going on internally each and every day. The war is fought on the battlefield of the mind. And so if we can get a grasp of our minds and our thoughts and our stinking thinking and get it transformed by the renewing of our mind because of our acceptance of Jesus Christ, we can win that battle of the mind and then our actions and our life follow. But it's an unseen war, not one that you physically see with your eyes. And there's a very real enemy. Uh, Satan is the enemy who's trying to defeat you. Satan's primary tactic is to attack you in the mind. Why? Because all he can do is deceive. He can't physically hurt you. The only way the enemy can attack you and affect you is to deceive you. Satan's primary weapon is lies. He is a liar. Jesus spoke of Satan as being the father of lies in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44. And because when he speaks, he speaks in lies. And unfortunately, sometimes we are overwhelmed and we accept those lies. But I'm here to tell you today that the enemy is a liar. But the Father in heaven, your God, Jesus, he loves you so much. He thinks incredible thoughts towards you. He, he's for you and not against you. He's not a liar, but he wants to lift you out of that pit, that cesspool of lies and, and renew your mind and defeat those voices in your head, those lies that are dictating to you and allow you to live the victorious life that God sent his son to die for so that you could live that victorious life. You've got to realize we're in a war, folks, and we've got to take it head on. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend it's not there. It's very much a battlefield in our minds, and it is a war. Here's the second thing. Um, you've got to utilize your weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. God has given us weapons. God never leaves his children defenseless. Why would he? He loves us so much that he sent Jesus. So he gives us weapons to be able to tackle the deceiver, the liar. And he won't leave you defenseless. God will always give you what you need. He's proactive and is never taken by surprise. That's what's great about God. When you believe in him, he provides you what you need before you even need it. That's how good our God is because he's never surprised. Jesus himself spoke and used the weapons himself. And so we can model our lives and become Christ-like in the way we choose to live because Jesus used these weapons. And I'm going to tell you about them right now. We've been given these great weapons. And the first one is the word of God, the word of God, the two-edged sword. You know, John chapter 8 verses, verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Does anyone want to live a free life? Of course we do. We all want to be free from condemnation, from sin, from, from past hurts, from regrets, from poor decisions, from uh, the list goes on. We all want to be made free. You know what? If you know the truth, you'll be made free. And the truth is found in God's word. And that's what makes it such a powerful weapon. Let's make sure we're using this weapon of the word and getting into it daily and reading what God would say to us in this moment so that we can tackle each day with that great weapon of the word of God in our arsenal. Um, here's the second weapon, and it's the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit is an incredible weapon. His presence that is with us as we go about our daily activity gives us wisdom, gives us peace, gives us breakthrough, leads us and guides us, helps us to choose which path to take. The Holy Spirit is a brilliant weapon to have uh, as you tackle uh, each and every day. Here's the third weapon, prayer and praise, powerful weapons uh, maybe it's a dual action weapon because it's two, prayer and praise. Boom. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They're in jail. They're chained up. And, and they're singing, um, praying. It's incredible. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. I love the suddenlies in the Bible. You know, da, da, da. suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Has anyone got any chains they need loosed today? I'm not talking about physical chains. I'm talking about the chains of regret, disappointment, things that are holding you back in life and experiencing the fullness of life that God wants you to experience. We want to see those chains broken in the name of Jesus. And the word of God tells us, that prayer and praise is powerful and it will break those chains off of your life when you lift up the name of Jesus and put him first in every area of your life, including your prayer life and your praise life. Lift up Jesus and those chains will be broken. Here's the next one. The next weapon is fellowship with other believers. This is under attack. The enemy has obviously closed down uh, the, the buildings of the churches thinking he's had a victory, but you know what? He's far from victorious. Uh, I believe that the world is embracing new forms of technology to be able to get together and to, to enjoy each other's company 
over the internet, through video chat, video conferencing, all of those sorts of things. I believe that the world, not just the church, but the world is becoming more aware of the importance of social connection uh, while we're in this season of uh, distancing ourselves and social distancing and keeping away from each other and you know the world is embracing technology and if you're someone that's watching this and we do dvds for some of our people that don't have internet uh, and can't access the service um, if you're watching this on a dvd and you don't do internet that's okay you know what you can connect via the phone ring up somebody don't wait for someone to call you you call someone call me i'll say g'day hi uh give me a call uh, we're here for each other and we've got to support each other and fellowship with other believers is actually a weapon don't let it be blunted by the enemy in this season but in fact sharpen it and go out of your way to make contact with others and, and then there's the local church again under attack hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 says and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, Jesus is coming back soon. Let's not allow the closure of church buildings to inhibit us from being the church. Uh, now more than ever is our opportunity to be lighthouse in our community. And so I want to encourage you, embrace other people, embrace non-believers, Point them towards this stream. Send them the link. It's so easy now to invite people to experience church in their own living room because we can just give them a link and say, hey, check this out. It's going to encourage you. It's going to bless you. Uh, it's going to be positive and uplifting for you. Uh, and people will tune into a stream uh, much easier than walking into a church building where they reckon the roof's going to cave in on their head. I promise you if you're watching this stream, the roof of your house will not cave in on your head. Uh, it's not going to happen. Let's be the church. Let's love each other. Let's use that as a weapon that the enemy cannot silence in Jesus' name. We've got to use these weapons, folks. We've got to use them daily. Uh, we've got to encourage ourselves and we've got to encourage others to use the weapons too. Let's be encouragers in this season of negativity and disappointment and and, you know, I'm, I'm looking online and I'm seeing so many people dragging other people down, being so negative. Let's be the positive uh, in, in a world full of negativity right now. Let's be the light in the darkness because that's what we're called to be as the church. Uh, some of us need more training in our weapons and that's what we're here for. We're here to encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. Help each other. Help each other. Learn, do a Bible reading study together. Um Get together and embrace uh, technology and, and do, a, do a connect group. I, I want to give a shout out to Ross and Sally. Hi, Ross and Sally. I'm so proud of them. Ross turned 80 last September. And uh, I don't want to say that to embarrass him or point out his age. But on Wednesday night, my wife ran her Bible study, her life group, uh, using Zoom, which is a video conferencing technology. You can download it on your phone, your tablet, your computer with a, it has a camera on it, a webcam, and you just engage with each other, talking over the internet, using, seeing each other on video and enabling your microphone, you can all talk. And they had a wonderful evening doing their Bible study 
over the internet and Ross and Sally tuned in and I was so proud of them embracing a new technology, a new way, a new means, but the word of God wasn't stopped that night. The fellowship of believers wasn't stopped that night. The gathering of the church wasn't stopped that night. The enemy is not victorious, folks, and we've got to embrace this technology and help each other and sharpen each other in this season together. Let's be the church together. Uh, you've got to realize you're in a war. We've established that and we've got to utilize our weapons. Here's the next one. You've got to understand, we, you must understand the process. There is a process to everything, a divine process. And God lays it out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the last part of verse 4 and verse 5. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There's a process, three, three steps, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing. Let's talk about those just for a moment. Pulling down strongholds. Now, a stronghold means a fortified place or a castle or a fortress. Uh, literally means, when it comes to thinking and the battle of the mind, it's a fortified thought. It's a thought that you've had that is so guarded because this is what I believe or this is what I was taught or this is what I've all I've ever known. And so you can't attack that thought because it's fortified. It's a stronghold. A stronghold is a thought that through repetition over a prolonged period of time, uh, it's turned into a belief. So that's what happens with our thoughts and why there's a battlefield in the mind. When you think as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The thoughts that you have thought for long enough become beliefs and beliefs dictate to our actions. And so we've got to be very mindful of uh, the thoughts that we guard and whether they're godly thoughts or whether they're strongholds. You know, a stronghold is a result of thoughts um, and words sewn into our heart of what we should believe about ourselves uh, because our parents told us or because I saw it on TV or it's all I've ever known. Um, here's the point. Strongholds are strong. That's why they're called strongholds. Uh, uh, they're strong and they're fortified. But they can be defeated, and you've got to hear this today. Those strongholds, those thoughts in your mind that have held you captive for so long can be defeated by the weapons that God has given us, and we've talked about the weapons earlier today. So there's strongholds, and then there's the pulling down. Pulling down is to overthrow. Um, it means to cause to weaken or to tear down or making less able. And we want to overthrow those strongholds. We want to pull down those strongholds in our minds and make them less able to influence us and dictate to us how we should live our lives. Um, it indicates a process, not an event. So the pulling down of something is something that happens over time. So again, it's a process, uh, just as changing and maturing is a process. The pulling down of strongholds is a process. Uh, to pull down means that we systematically begin to break down the castle of wrong thinking. Brick by brick, we pull it down until the point where the castle, the fortified vessel is defeated in Jesus' name. And then it goes on to talk about this casting down. Casting down is to cause to cease. Um, and then the arguments referred to in the scripture, imaginations. Arguments are thoughts contrary to godly thoughts. So 
they're ideas that we have that contradict what God says. That's what they are. They're imaginations, they're arguments. And um, unchecked arguments lead to strongholds. So when you have this thought that perhaps goes against what God's saying, and if you have it for long enough, it becomes fortified, it becomes a stronghold, and then it needs to be torn down, and etc. Um, and then we talk about every high thing. This is a different thing. Again, it's a thought that sets itself up higher than God. It's a thought that sets itself up as the rule or the measuring stick, like it's greater than God. Um, here's the thing, though. It's just a thought. It's not an imagination or an argument because it doesn't exist. It's not real. The Word of God teaches us that God is in the highest place, the name above every name, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. So uh, to have a thought that's higher than God, it's just a thought. It's not a real thing. And I'm reminded of a song. I got saved in the Anglican Church, as many of you know. And uh, there's a great song that we used to sing. And I want to sing it for you. Uh, If you know the words, sing it with me. And I'm just going to, in faith, believe that in your lounge rooms, wherever you're watching this right now, you're singing along. And it goes like this. Uh, We place you on the highest place. For you are the great high priest. We place you high above all. God in that high, rightfully high place, far above all else. Nothing is greater than him. Nothing is too hard for him. And when we place him in that high place, we deal with those high things, those things that would dare try and put themselves in a position above God, those thoughts that come into our minds. We're at war, folks. We've got to realize we're in a war. It's a battlefield of the mind. We've got to utilize our weapons, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, Prayer and praise, fellowship with other believers and church. We are the church. We've got to be the church at this time. Uh, We've got to understand the process that we've talked about just now. You can win the battle of the mind. That's my last point for today. You can win, uh, absolutely, the battle of the mind. Three Gs we want to talk about as we come to a close. Guard, guide, and govern. And uh, the first one is guard. Guard your mind. Okay? Guard your mind. Here's what you've got to guard it against. Guard your mind against lies. The king of lies, remember? The enemy. Proverbs 14 verse 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Lies leads to deception, makes you a fool if you believe them. We've got to avoid the lies of the enemy. Guard our mind against the lies. We've got to guard our mind against fear. The world's governed by fear right now. This pandemic, the media, you tune on the TV, it's all fear. I walked down the street with my kids. Anita was at work and I was allowed out, finally. And, uh, and the fear in people's eyes. They gave me funny looks, like, why would you have your children out right now? Well, I had to get some certain things. There was some essential shopping that needed to be done because somebody was turning 40 this week. Uh, and so it was very important that I got out and got these things. Now, I didn't muck around. I didn't stop and chat or linger. But people, the fear in their eyes, just in our own little town here of Stanthorpe, the once friendly, beautiful country town is now 
governed by fear. And that's so very sad. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Embrace that and take that today. If that's all you take, get the fear out of your life. Don't be driven by it. Uh, you've got to guard your mind against temptation. Matthew 26 uh, verse 41 says this, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. You know, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Uh, let's not be tempted. Let's not be tempted to believe deception. Let's not be tempted to embrace fear. Let's not be tempted to go down that pathway that God doesn't want us to go down. Let's guard our mind against that. And the last thing to guard our minds against is negativity. Psalm 20, uh, 42 verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. As the church, let's be positive. Let's embrace positivity. I'm not saying be the optimistic and forget that the world's in chaos, but you've got to shine your light. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't be that negative ninny, that voice that nobody likes to hear. Here's what we've got to guide. Guide is the next one. Guide your thoughts and think. Think positive thoughts. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Why can't we believe that? It's a positive thought. We can do all things. We can get through pandemics through Christ who strengthens us. Think grateful thoughts. You know, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Be thankful for all that God has done. Let's be grateful and think grateful thoughts. Let's think powerful thoughts. Why not? Our God is powerful. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 verse 4. Let's think powerful thoughts. What about this one? Romans 8 37. No, in all these things we are more than a conqueror through him who loves us. We are more than conquerors. Come on. Let's believe. Let's think uh, powerful thoughts. And lastly, let's think godly thoughts. Why not? Better than thinking negatively, let's think godly. You will guard him and keep in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. That was the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3, the Amplified Version. Let's lean in on God. Let's think godly thoughts in the midst of this crisis and see what God will do in our midst. And the last thing is we've got to govern our thoughts. Govern your thoughts on a daily basis. Govern them with the word of God and govern them with daily prayer. You know, God even tells us, and we touched on this verse last week, he tells us what to choose. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You know what? Govern your thoughts daily by choosing life. Choose to breathe in God. Breathe out the problems and challenges of the world and the enemy and his deceitful thoughts and his lies. Breathe it out and breathe in life. Godly thoughts. We've got to challenge those negative thoughts, folks, because if we let them sit there, 
they will become strongholds. And, and yes, they can be torn down, but then there's some effort required and we need God to move powerfully to help pull down strongholds. And he can and he will because he's victorious. But before it even gets to a stronghold, deal with that negative thought. Allow God to take it away immediately before it becomes a fortified stronghold and then a belief that affects our actions and how we live. You know, we've got to make it a point to check our thoughts. Uh, and we can do that ourselves. We can also allow mentors into our world to help challenge us in our thinking. Uh, but whatever you do, don't let thoughts go unchallenged uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, I want to encourage you today, if you're challenged in the mind, if there's a battle going on and you're losing and you need help, the best thing you can do is say yes to Jesus. You know, he came because he loved us so much. He gave his life. Jesus on the cross gave his life for you and for me so that we can win that battle of the mind because Jesus is victorious. He died on the cross. He defeated death. He rose again. And so because he defeated death, he's victorious. And he's gone ahead before us and the victory is ours. That means the battle in our mind can be victorious if we surrender it to Jesus. You know, the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to believe for many people listening to this stream today or the replay or however you're listening to the audio, I want to believe that uh, you're going to declare with your mouth today and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you are going to be saved. If you're challenged by a battle of the mind, this is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And on the live stream right now, you have the opportunity to raise your hand. You can click a button that tells us you're raising your hand. And that means uh, that if you're raising your hand, you're inviting Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe it's for the first time and you've never done this before. You're inviting Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and to help you win that battle of your mind. He's gone before you and he's victorious. Click that button and tell us that you're raising your hand today. Maybe you're recommitting your life to Jesus. Maybe you've had a real struggle in your mind lately over whatever issue or challenge it is that you're facing. And you want to surrender those thoughts, that battle that's going on in your mind. You want to surrender that fresh to Jesus today. Click on that button. Let us know that you're raising your hand and inviting Jesus to come into your heart today. We're about to pray and I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you've raised your hand or even if you haven't and maybe you needed to and you haven't clicked the button, that's okay. You can still pray this prayer together with us. And it's a prayer uh, inviting God to be our Lord and Savior and declaring with our mouth. And if you do that for the first time today, I want to encourage you to uh, click on next steps in the live stream. There's a, there's a button in the menu, next steps, and it's going to take you to our I Said Yes page where uh, there's information about saying yes to Jesus. And you can scroll to the bottom of that web page and leave your details and get in contact with us. That way we can follow you up with a mobile phone call, an email, and we'd love to get in touch with you and help you on your journey with Jesus. So if that's you, if you're raising your hand, um, and saying, yes, I want to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time or rededicating your life, would you say this prayer with me? Why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes, say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Saviour and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins 
and giving me eternal life. Grow my faith and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Today I say yes to Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've said that prayer for the first time or if you've rededicated your life, there's a party in heaven right now and I'm so pleased and proud of you. Let us know by clicking the button saying you raised your hand. But further to that, go to our webpage, leave your details, next steps, and we'd love to hear from you and know that you've uh, made that decision today. I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to today's message. I want to thank Pete for allowing me to sit on Pete's throne. Uh, I've heard that this is Peter Mao's throne that I've confiscated um, to use for church. So thank you, Pete, for making such a sacrifice. God bless you. And uh, look, have a fantastic week, church. Be blessed. And I want to leave you just with a bit of a, uh, I don't know, funny, encouraging video of someone who turned 40 this week when they got uh, a little surprise at home. So take a look at this. <laughs>